0: It says in Genesis that we were made in his image. That was before the fall. That would have to be pretty perfect. On the mountain, the disciples weren't witnessing Jesus plus. This wasn't Jesus after fasting or Jesus with a a computer upgrade. This is Jesus as he always was, is, and forever will be. Different spiritual traditions have a different view for what the human, the ideal human would look like. Some of these images seep into our popular culture. If I was to say to you, monk, you're probably picturing a smiling man with a shaved head like my own in flowing robes or sackcloth and a hood. If I say mystic, you're thinking of a dude meditating on a mountain as hikers search to ask him about the meaning of life. Every tradition has visions of the ideal self. And if you're not particularly religious, you have a vision of what that is too. It's humbling to admit this, but if you cho- close your eyes and imagine what you would look like when you arrive, what would you look like? Are you thinner? Are you happier? Are you healthier? Are you richer? According to the followers of Jesus, the transfigured Christ is the image God has for your humanity. This isn't God with cheat codes. Jesus is fully God and fully human. Jesus is revealing what the prototype is for all humanity. So what does this mean? God is God's goal for your life, To make you with skin that glows. There's creams for that. Ha, 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 ha. Come on, people, I'm trying to be funny. God does transform our lives... The same way he transfigured Jesus, he reveals Christ within us. And it is a glorious light shining out of us. This transfiguration reveals how we become like what we behold. We see in Christ God's original design. And if God's masterpiece got even dirty or broken or the original design really... If that was the case still, doesn't change. You can add dirt to the painting. You can break the statue into pieces. You can keep hitting a gong while the orchestra is playing. And you can take a book and rip out all its pages. But that doesn't change what the masterpiece, doesn't change the masterpiece you started with. You don't re- erase the author's words or intentions. God doesn't transform you to fix you, He transforms you to reveal you. Amen. He wants your truest self to come alive. So the question is does it come through achievement? Does it come through self-actualization? Does it come through self-acceptance? How, just how do we get on God's transfiguration diet? What's it going to take for God to be revealed in us? Good thing you asked me that. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. Starting at verse 15. If someone could get me a glass of water, that would be really excellent. Thank you, Louis. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 to 21. For we did not follow cleverly, cleverly desi- devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. But we were witnesses of his majesty. For when we received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more This is Peter talking to us about exactly what we read in Matthew. This is the only other place in the New Testament talking about the transfiguration of Christ outside of the Gospels. Peter saw the majesty of Christ. He remembered when he saw Jesus and he remembered what the Father said. This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. And it didn't just reveal a changed Jesus, it also changed Peter. Encounters with God are like lamps in a dark place. They reveal truth of what before was only hidden in the darkness. I remember sitting when, in the midst of, of a dark place that Barb and I were with our we. We just we had left our our church on the island, and uh, I thought it would be one or two months. I think I've told this story a number of times, but this part we were uh, it got longer than two months. It got longer than three months. It went into four months, and um, we had to go back and live with my mother. Bless her soul. We had a cabin, and it was a small thing, so you add my mother was there with Barb and I and our two kids, and um, it was difficult because I wondered if God was listening or understood or (laughs) what was taking place, and we went to a church service on a Sunday morning, and the pastor made us stand in the middle of the service and he then prophesied over us. I wept like a baby. Because it felt like all of a sudden the veil was ripped open and God saw me and saw Barb and saw our family and gave us a promise I want to tell you that it, did, it ha, did it change overnight no I still had to move here guess what you're the promise no <laughs> <laughs> <Woo. laughs> nah, pressure there's pressure God wants to reveal you to you. See, the point wasn't just that he saw me. It's that he, in fact, understood where I'm at and gave me a a lamp in the darkness. There's so many Christians looking for a lamp somewhere else other than the transfigured Christ. Christ. We look for it in our phone. We look for it in our politics. We look for it in our relationships. We even look for it in our sports. Don't hurt me now. God wants to reveal you to you and then to the world around you, and God does this by showing you Christ. This is what Peter means by prophecy here. The book of Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is more than just encouragement, though it starts there. Prophecy is a message from God that reveals the truth about who we really are. Prophecy is an encounter with Jesus, the prototype And every time we encounter Jesus, the testimony of what he has done becomes a prophecy of what he will do again. Those who minister prophetically are those who use words and pictures to turn the lamp on for other people. And when you see the transfigured Christ, he changes how you see other people. And when you tell them about it, it's like a light comes on in them too. God knows who you really are. God sees how you were originally made. He hasn't forgotten you. He wants the word of Christ to dwell in your heart like a lamp in a dark place. but we don't like the dark place. Okay, I don't like the dark place. Okay? I've, I've, I've been there, and does that mean you just go once? Uh, no. <laughs> you go more than once. Because there are places as we are going from glory to glory, we are in fact... Going from one dark place to a light, dark place to a light, dark place to a light. And it's that transformation that takes place. Amen. I've been, uh, I just finished reading a book called Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson and Quite frankly, I, after I finished reading it, I, uh, in the middle of it, I had to stop because I got so mad. Maybe you've seen the movie, but uh, the book is quite uh, inf- information overload of the justice of racism and injustice and all of that stuff. And to think that our world is like that, just <laughs> as a believer, I go, oh, God, what is this world like? Like, if that's what this world's like, man, we've got a long ways to go. But I, w- I'll, I won't forget what the author said, that in the matter of doing justice, you have to get into the dirt. You have to be in the injustice in order to see justice take place. In order to see mercy take place, you have to be able to give it in the darkest of times. Some of us here in this room are in very dark times. God just doesn't want you to roll with the punches and go from pillar to post and to feel like you're a, just a pinball in the midst of a game going from this point to that point to this point to that in order to rack up points in order for you to get another life. His design in you is to bring you from glory to glory. Not just for you to experience reaction. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm almost finished. You guys are going to be shocked. A miracle's just taken place. (laughs) Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Verses, starting in verse 16, whenever, though they face turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and they are and there they are face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. I'm reading from the message, and when God is personally present, a living spirit. That old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it. All of us. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightest brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. It's not just something that happens to us, but it's something that we experience from one another. I don't know about you, but I live on the east side of town. I'm on the east side. There's not too many houses I'm on the east side of my house. And so every morning, we pull up the blinds to watch the sunrise. We live in a place called the land of the living skies. And I, my wife will constantly do this when the kids, not my kids, but our grandkids come upstairs because they want to have Papa Supper or a wagon wheel or whatever, and Barb will say, Look at the sunrise. What does that have to do with my message? I'm getting to that. Oftentimes, a sunrise can be beautiful from what you can see, but the effects of a sunrise also affect that which is around you. It's not just a color, often the distance it's also the reflection of your neighbor's house and of your other neighbor's house and that which is around you church we are the transformed your glory can be seen not just by god but by others it's part and parcel of the whole thing that Paul is talking about the un, there is a uh, we're susceptible to a veiled glory it's okay that we veil a, a diminishing glory but we have an increasing glory there's a difference there's a big difference in that if you think your Christianity's all up to you and it's a private thing, guess what? That's not the whole picture. That's not the glory that needs to be veiled. It's not Old Testament. Well, I need to keep it all to myself and I don't have to let anybody know and I don't have to. Wrong. We have a transforming glory from glory to glory and it is something that is unveiled and it is increasing There are people in this room that need to see the glory of Christ in and through you. It's not just, well, I'm just going to kind of hang out here and just see what happens. And maybe, maybe, maybe we just might become burning ones. I don't know about you, but you can't burn someone else by veiling up the glory. Church, transformation is is not as difficult as we make it out to be. How do you you practice this? Well, I'll tell you. Because I've been practicing it for the last couple of years now. Because just as much as God has given to Barb and I the prophecy of revealing, being a lamp in a dark place, there's a lot of times that life happens and it feels like the darkness has overtaken the lamp. The promise back then was that God was going to bring us, it has been winter and God's going to bring us into spring, into harvest. From spring into summer. And that fruit will develop in our ministry. That was hard to see back then when you had no church, no ministry and you could barely pay the bills. Now, fast forward some 20 years, you can get focused on what hasn't happened, what isn't happening, what couldn't happen, and you miss the glory. You miss the transformation, you miss what God is actually doing. I have literally in the last couple of years had to check my prophecy at the door and go, God, or hang it up somewhere and go, you promised this, therefore I'm going to let you take place and I'm going to still believe in what you promised me. Even though it may not be so right now, it will be. So I have to keep on keeping on. I still have to believe that I'm moving from glory to glory and that what is taking place around me is doing the same. Statistics can prove this, that, and the other thing, that the church is shrinking and that people are leaving and all that other stuff. And if I focus on all of that, I can... I can totally allow the lamp to be put out, but I choose to believe in the things that God cares about. I choose to place my faith in the prophecies that have been given to me personally. I choose to believe in the institutions that God has created. the church isn't going to fade away. It's going to change, but it's not going to fade away. Because it's his bride. I've had to remind myself of that. It's his bride. It's his doing. I just want to be able to join him in what he's doing. Not join him in what he's doing for me. Big difference. How much, how much has God, I'm going I'm to end here. How much has God really in, invested in this whole transformi- transformation change in all of us? I encourage you to go to your Bible and pull up John 17 and read Jesus' prayer. Because he prayed for you, and he prayed for me, and he said, God, let them become like us. Let it happen. What you have given to me, keep them. All the way through that, it's, it's a design for Jesus To bring transformation into life and into our midst. And we are like him. It is part in the fabric and the design of your and I's life is that we have been created in his image. He has desired to bring a solution to our selfishness and to our sin. By dying on a cross that we could find forgiveness and totally transform us from the inside out. The capacity of walking in that is up to us. The transformation power that God has is still working and working around you and in you and through you, and rests in your home, on your children, at your work, in your relationships. Can I ask you to stop focusing on what you don't have, what you think you need, what should be taking place, and look to him, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before you endured everything in order to set you free to live life abundantly. Abundantly. He is a lamp in a dark place. A lamp that does not go out but has power. Church, we want to be burning ones. We have to walk it by faith believing that transformation is all around us and is taking place. And it's happening in you, through you. And other peoples can see it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that you have a design for our lives. Lord, I I am thankful that there is this whole passage of transfiguration in the Gospels of where you were. The identity of who you were was revealed to the disciples it changed it revealed who you actually were and what you're about to do that you were working from the beginning of time to then and you are still in the process so lord we ask as your as your bride part of your bride that lord you will continue to transform us that the transfiguration of christ will shine forth in our lives, that we will, in fact, go from glory to glory, that we will, in fact, believe in the unseen things as though they are totally real, able to be physically touched and understood that they are, they are realized as something for us. Lord, let not allow us to, to put our, our situations into the light of your glorious transformation power that in the midst you are allowing us to face death in order to see resurrection power. Lord, continue that work in our lives. I ask this in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Matthew, if you could come and help me because Dimitri is unavailable at the moment. I think we need a table that has wheels on it, I think. It's wonderful to be able to come to the Lord's table and to feed on him On the night he was betrayed he took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he said this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and after cup after supper he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's part of the transformation glory. What kind of glory are we looking for? How much have we let in that transformational self-actualization that we will be somewhere better two or three years down? Are we, are we believing for transformational glory? church as you feed on these emblems you are in fact remembering what he has done and you are, you are feeding your faith believing for a greater glory in and through your lives not just a situational one You are taking into your lives that, that act, that place that Christ was, and he wiped the slate clean, all the imperfections, all the things that, that say you can't, that he's bringing life to through his death and resurrection.